Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Once upon a grain of sand in an hourglass, otherwise known as time, there were three people, a trinity of people, a triangulated now undated and then dated now and then but now i am done so we're down one i'm not done for now there's just two just him and me and me and you wait that makes four that's more more morglons that's right it's the one and only host of more morglons crystal clear. clear i guess i'm not really the one and only host there's also tonky tom 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 It's just the beginning of the show. I've been gone. I've been out traveling. No, I haven't been traveling. I've actually been at home and I've been working my ass off. And I like to work. Oh, I like to work. Because I like my money. Let us take a moment to reflect. What the heck? Can you imagine what kind of wreck you would be if all of a sudden... You started to see a black speck on your neck, some glitter in your nose, all over your clothes, like footballs, a shower, something new every hour. This is some mix of a curse and a blessing and a guessing. There's no fix, and it can play tricks on your mind. But who divined? Who defined? Just who could tell you who's sick and who's not sick? Who has the asterisk, the ownership? of diagnoses please i know i have a disease it's called morgulons i went on the internet yes i did now i remember why i don't go on it reddit there's a lot of folks that are fickle lame and rude i just don't understand but i do understand that they call munchies on reddit they call people with munch houses munchies which is so mean. It's such a sad, sad situation, that Munchausen's disorder. But who the fuck am I to judge? Silly the way that people talk to one another these days. Who's out there tweeting, competing, consuming, and assuming? Shit-talking, peacocking through this disembodied space where nobody's looking at my face. Not a trace of me anonymity. The woman with no face is an interesting case. There's lots of reasons. Perhaps she has these lesions. I got cancer worms and uh, COVID germs, possibly. Who the fuck knows? Aliens. Nanobots. What do we really have evidence for, guys? There's not much evidence. Um, We know that these lesions spontaneously erupt and they are slow to no healing. Um, I don't know if anybody out there who has Morglons has had a bunch
bunch of biopsies done. If, if there's more than 13 people out there who have, then that's a larger study than the CDC conducted. But people online act like there's so much overwhelming evidence that all morgies are just crazy meth heads. However, when I go to the internet, I don't just go undressed, I go disembodied. Because the internet is a disembodied, solitary, and insular place where public discourse occurs privately and dialogue is just the combined echo chamber of monologues. This is the virtual sphere and the vehicle that drives people to be more aggressive, less empathetic. And I'm sorry, but as it turns out, in this disembodied age of tweeting, competing, posting, ghosting, texting, and what's nexting? Even when we are with people, as we are together now, listeners, we are alone with the internet. It's an intimate relationship. And an invasive relationship. This phone knows all your business. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Maybe because I got ghosted and ghosted and ghosted and ghosted. Then I got blocked. What is wrong with people? There's nothing wrong with me. I just have morgue lines. Um, And you know what? I don't have any problems. I also don't have any solutions. So I should be good to go. Uh, today's show, yes, I'm not just going to ramble the whole time, there's a topic. This is a topical show, as you know. And there's some topical medicine that I just tried recently because I went to another dermatologist, Peachtree Dermatology, if you're interested. Um, I had an okay experience. She informed me that the thing on my leg that I thought was melanoma, it isn't. So I'm cool with that. I get two opinions. I'm good to go. Okay. I'm not a hypochondriac. I do not have any problem accepting uh, clinical diagnoses that's supported by evidence. So I'm, I'm going to take those opinions and go for it. But um, got a second opinion also on the lesion on my face, the main Morgulon kind of lesion. Um, and yeah, this late, so remember the last dermatologist diagnosis as actinic keratosis or something? Well, this dermatologist diagnosed it as angular keratitis, which is basically just like, it means <clears throat> the corners of your mouth are like irritated and it's usually some kind of a yeast. Well, it's definitely not that guys. It's definitely not that. Um, cause I've used like every fucking antifungal and antibacterial product known to man over the course of the last year. None of them seem to make any goddamn difference whatsoever. They really don't. Um, you know, back the antibacterial seemed to help for a little while, a little while, but its efficacy has drastically, uh, decreased. I would say it's pretty much useless now. Um, but yeah, anywho, I, uh, I got two different diagnoses from two different doctors. I almost feel like I'm at the psychiatrist. But, you know, I guess that would be equivalent to delusional parasitosis. Neither one of them diagnosed me with that either. So, um, at least not to my knowledge. Um, But yeah, I was given a topical medication. It is a combination of a steroid, an anti-amoebic drug, and an antifungal, ketocosanol. So the anti-amoebic drug is for, I guess, some sort of 
protozoa that causes dysentery. Amoebiasis, it can be cutaneous, um, but it's not cute. And it's mostly affecting the liver, GI. But here's the thing about wormholes. Once you go through them, you're on the other side. There's no going back. It's true. I got a new hole in my face, y'all. It's really weird. It's a deep lesion expanding on my jawline. Actually, like above my jaw, but yeah. The skin there has just all of a sudden started to... It's almost like grains, like the grains in meat, you know? There's grains in our flesh, too, because, of course, it is meat. And it feels like there are just grains of tissue emerging from these, the wound on my face and now turning into two wounds. And they're so deep. They're so deep. And I don't... I know it all sounds psychological. I know how it sounds. I really do. And that's sort of the torture of this um, Morgulon's crap. You're in this container, like a bug in a jar, and you're like, help me, help me, and you've... The first time I saw sonoluminescence was in a darkened room. I was transfixed to look at this uh, spherical flask of fluid and you'd look into the center and in the center see a, uh, a glowing blue purple light uh, which could be seen with the unaided eye it looked like a star in the heavens called it the star in a jar, a tiny spot of bright light contained in a flask of liquid. This star in a jar is made when a sound wave is passed through a small bubble inside a flask of liquid. And this sound wave makes the bubble do something remarkable. First, it expands then it collapses. And this collapse happens so violently that vapor molecules trapped inside the bubble slam together and heat up so much that the bubble gives off an incredible burst of heat and light several thousand times a second, giving the appearance of a star. phenomenon so exciting was the temperature of this star in a jar. On its surface alone, the light burns at tens of thousands of degrees. And Seth Putterman now contemplated a tantalizing possibility. Could the core of the collapsing bubble be even hotter? Hot enough for fusion. 
of the mysteries of sonoluminescence is to determine exactly how hot the interior of the bubble gets. In the sun, the interior can be millions of degrees, hot enough to uh, cause fusion. And the thought crossed my mind that perhaps inside the collapsing bubble, the interior of the bubble might also get hot enough to cause fusion. If so, this would be something truly amazing. By simply bombarding tiny bubbles with sound waves, temperatures of over 10 million degrees would be created. And nuclear fusion, the same reaction that powers the sun, would be happening almost effortlessly here on Earth. Holy shit, y'all. Some interesting stuff right there. Solo luminescence or something. Sonar luminescence. I don't remember. Collapse a tiny bubble and from it a visible light emanates that can be tens of millions of degrees hot. What? If that is possible, if since that is possible, it's been demonstrated, then there are so many things that we now thinking we are sure of ourselves fail to understand history shall prove so don't be certain be curious be humble signing off and playing golf stay tuned listeners yes fat lady now your timing is good